So we're back in, we're back in Acts, um, picking up in Acts chapter 16. We're going to go through the first 15 verses, and we're going to be in, in Acts for a little while. Uh, we're, we don't have a, a mini-series to break off into for the next couple months, so this is where we're going to be. We're going to be staying put, and uh, we're picking back up here in Acts 16. You can go back and you can listen to any of the, the previous um, sermons going through Acts. We started in Acts chapter 1. We've been going verse by verse all the way through, which is good and beneficial. And as we look at Acts chapter 16, I'll give us a recap of 15 here in a minute, but our main point is for the gospel. Church, can you all say for the gospel? For the gospel. That's what it's all about. Now, now the world can take that, and, and people can know that we're supposed to be for the gospel. These uh, secular Christians can also say that everything that we do is for the gospel, right? We understand that. We, we know that. But then we can take it too far and and say, well, this is for the gospel and and we're supposed to be all about the gospel. And that means that we'll become all things to all people. And there's no end in sight to that. That we'll just go out and we'll we'll just give in to the world and we'll look like the world. I said I don't yell, but it's been a month. We'll go out and we'll look like the world. And really what's happening is in our trying to reach the world, the world has then reached us. And we're like, but it's for the sake of the gospel, right? Church, that applies to to things like when we look like the world. Yes, you can dress like the world as far as like things that are in. Pastor Mark says that this outfit's not in, right? Every outfit I wear, he says, isn't in. But we look like the world in that sense, right? Like this isn't isn't, uh, early church history or like the 1900s church history, like where we're we're fighting over whether or not we can wear jeans in church. We've, We've moved past this. So what does for the gospel look like? Well, for the gospel means that I will be all to all. So we've got three points to support this. All to all, right? I'll be all things to all people. For the gospel, I will be guided by God. And when we do such things, church, God adds as we go. So our three points in driving home for the gospel is all to all, guided by God, and God adds as we go. Again, you can take notes in your scripture journal. I encourage you, if you have questions, write them down. You can go to newhilloh.com ask. And us, our, our pastors, and anybody who wants to join us for the podcast, it's, we do that through the week, and we just try and answer these questions. And any questions that have been thrown at us, we've got a podcast that will come out this week dealing with this passage, what we're talking about. But first point, all to all. Now, the context is coming out of chapter 15. Now, if you don't know what happened in chapter 15, chapter 16 is just going to like, right? Just going to go right over your head. You're not going to follow along. You're not going to fully understand, right? You're going to have a, a very narrow view, which wouldn't be wrong. It's just that we're not going to have the entire picture, right? Which is the most beneficial. It's going to help us to, to best understand this text. So chapter 15, let me ask you all to just put your guard down as we move through this, because this is, we've talked about the sanctity of life. Uh, We've talked about um, government, politics, sexuality. We've talked about many things the past month, and and Pastor Simon laid it on thick about church membership. This is going to be the one where I think we really need to just let our guard down and look at the word of the Lord and understand that this is not a hard line in the sand. But chapter 15 starts with with Paul and the apostles dealing with the custom of circumcision, the law. 
of the Old Testament, that you were to be circumcised, that if you were a Jew and you had a son, that your son was to be circumcised, right? And this was a sign and a covenant of God's people. And then we come into chapter 15, and what happens is they are trying to tie salvation to circumcision. That, okay, all these new converts that are believing in Jesus, they're coming into the family, they're being adopted by grace through faith, they're now part of the family, they need to go and get circumcised to seal the deal. Well, Paul and them take huge issue, as they should. Church, when we hear people add to the gospel, we should shut it down. Right? As Christians, we're learning, when do I plant my feet, and when am I firm, I'm not going to move, and when are there times to say, I'll, I'll give you an inch and say, yeah, this is preference, right? I don't wear this to church, but you can wear this to church. Like that, That's not in the scriptures to say that you can't do this. So even though it's my preference, I know that I can move a little bit to give room to my brother or sister to have a different view than me. Now, when people add to the gospel, church, that's when we plant our feet and we say, no. No, actually, Paul even said to the person who adds to the gospel, he says, let them be accursed, anathema. Let them be accursed. That means let them go to the pits of hell. That's strong language, what he says. Adding to the gospel is very serious. Jesus says that, that when we are teaching the word, that when we, when we are misleading and misguiding his people, that we would have been better off to have not been born. That's strong language. When we are talking about the gospel, we plant our feet. When we start to talk about eschatology, we say, Pastor Simon and Pastor Gary are wrong about end times but we'll give them room to be wrong beside of me, right? Like, all this time I've been waiting all month, it's been Pastor, Pastor Mark and Pastor Michael, yeah, we disagree, and this is a little shots fired, right? But church, those are the things that we can say, those are open-handed issues here at our church. But in chapter 15, they were adding to the gospel. They were saying what Jesus did on the cross wasn't enough, that you need to add to it. And that's not right. And Paul says, let them be accursed. But then we come to chapter 16. After the Jerusalem council, the, the elders of Jerusalem and, and the apostles and, and other elders, they had come together and they decided, yes, it is not necessary for men to be circumcised so that they may be saved. But in chapter 16, read with me. It says, Paul also came to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brothers of Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them the observance, the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in faith and they increased in numbers daily. Look, look at what happened. They had this big spat about circumcision, right? And they're saying that it is not tied to salvation. And then here where we see Timothy, who was saved on, on one of Paul's previous journeys, and yes, this is Timothy that we see Paul write to. He calls him a son. He writes First and Second Timothy, those two epistles. He writes them to Timothy. 
And he's a key person in this text. And he's mentioned here as the son of a Jewish woman with a Gentile father, which was a no-no already, but he had a Jewish mother and a Gentile father. And he was well spoken of by the other brothers. Like, this is a solid dude. Like, this is the kind of guy we want to send out to plant churches. He's well thought of by outsiders. He's, he's leading, right? He's, he's, he's going according to the word. But having a Gentile father, he would not have observed the Jewish custom of circumcision. But now look at what happened. Look at what Paul has Timothy do. Timothy was circumcised, not because of the law, not so that he could be saved, not so that he could be sealed with redemption or sealed for the day of redemption, which is what the Holy Spirit is the seal of. He's not reserved or, or circumcised for any observance of the law or anything according to it, but was circumcised because of the Jews in those places. Look at verse 3. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, right? He's well thought of by outsiders. He's a believer, and he's, he's young, right? He checks all the boxes. This is a guy we can do something with, right? He loves the Lord. He's well thought of. Let's go. Let's get it. He wanted him to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. See, Paul and Timothy set aside a preference for the sake of the gospel. Church, can I make sure everybody's awake? Can I get an amen? amen. Doesn't mean you're with me, but it means you're awake, right? Like, we're, we'll get it together. Okay, so, so Paul and Timothy set aside a preference for the sake of the gospel. For the gospel, I will become all things to all people. Why? Why would they do that? So that they could have the opportunity to share the good news that Jesus Christ sets us free from our sin. That is the good news that we are called to deliver to all nations. And let me tell you something. If you go to other countries, there are going to be things and preferences where you're like, I don't do that back home. This is a little uncomfortable. We don't eat this kind of food. I'm more about the burgers, but let me tell you something. If someone's inviting me into their living room and they want to eat a different food than me, then I'm going to try it, right? Like there was this time where we were trying to reach our neighbors and they invite me down and she whips out a tomato. And I mean a tomato, like not cut up, no plans to cut it up. It was full of the juice and the gunk and the gross, right? And she put some cheese in it and it was like called something special. And I'm like, it's not special. That is a tomato. It is disgusting. And I took one bite out of it, and I tried, and I said, you know, I'm full. And let me tell you, for the sake of the gospel, I took that bite. And for the sake of the gospel, I stuck to the story that I was full because she whipped out banana bread with chocolate chips in it, which is my favorite thing, next to Violet's peanut butter cookies, crackers, whatever you call them. It is my next favorite thing. And I said, I'm just too full to eat it, which really stinks. And I was not full. I had to go home and eat more food later. But that's what we do for the opportunity to share the gospel. See, the Jews in those places would not have listened to Timothy had they known he wasn't circumcised. I'm not really sure who had that job of checking for such things in that day. Um, they would have known for sure because his dad was a Greek but I mean, like, Paul didn't want to go for maybe the sake of conscience and say, yeah, it happened. Like, just believe, take us for our word. They would not have listened to Timothy if he wasn't circumcised. 
They would not have listened to him. His witness went out the window. Why? I don't know. Church, why do we have some of the preferences we do? Why does the world have some of the preferences they do? I don't know. But I know that we need to be really careful when we're setting up walls that don't matter with things that are not important so that the gospel cannot advance. Now, that doesn't mean give up your conviction. That doesn't mean give up your values. That doesn't mean give up your conscience, for that would be sin. But what I'm saying is, and especially before I make this next point, is we need to pray about it before we just say no, especially when it comes to the gospel. See, church, they just made a big deal about circumcision. And now Timothy is circumcised for the sake of witness. Sword drill. One of you kids bring me 1 Corinthians 9, verses 19 through 23. We do sword drills here on Family Sunday. And I'm sure I've got it here, so I'm just going to reiterate it. But church, they were dealing with spiritual matters. right? This was tied to the gospel, and Timothy still goes through with circumcision. It's whoever gets here first, but don't run too hard because it's been slick outside. All right, Gwen, Gwen got it. Lincoln, man, you're so close. All right, all right. 1 Corinthians 9. Here, Gwen, you can stay up here, especially since you gave me a phone. I don't want to hold anybody's phone. All right, 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. This is what uh, Liz read this morning. For though I, I be free, I'm going to read this translation. For though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. Listen to this, church. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without law to God, but under law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak I became as the weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things, I made all things to all men, that I might uh, by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Thank you, Gwen. There's some poppets right there if you want to grab one. So they are dealing with spiritual things. To say circumcision is not something that is tied to your salvation. It is not something that should be said that is tied to your salvation. It is not such. But yet Timothy goes through with it. Becoming all things to all men. Now, How, how practically do we take that today? Sports. Some of you all are not sports fans. But if your neighbor who you're witnessing to says, come over and watch the NBA game with me, I really love the NBA. It's like one of my favorite things to do, favorite things to watch. Are we going to say, nah, man, I hate that. You can come over and work on my car with me, right? Like, no, because then he's probably going to be like, well, I don't like working on cars. So then you're just like stuck at this like standstill. And it's like, well, I feel like one of us has to make a move. And in my like arrogance, it's not going to be me. Just go watch the game, Right? Like, it's like watching, playing, playing FIFA, right? Like, I don't like playing FIFA, and then, like, I play it so I can connect with Dan Wu, right? And then he beats me, and I'm like, I don't know why I play this with you. Um, I thought I was good at it, and I'm like, all right, Dan knows the Lord. I don't need to play FIFA with him anymore, right? <laughs> Hobbies, right? If I'm talking to you about cars, it's because I'm trying to get to know you, not about cars, right? Like, that's not my thing. And, like, I try. 
I, I try and like I hear people talk about their, their Chevy and their, their truck and how they got this lift kit on it, whatever that is. Like I don't understand how lift kits work. And then they say they got like a double lift and I'm like, what's that mean? Like a double lift and then they're talking about the transmissions and fuel types and I'm like, look, I love that you love it. Just keep, keep talking to me because I'm, I'm learning about you, not about cars. You're teaching me about you and your interests. And that's something Paul talks about to the, to the Thessalonians. We were, so, we were so desirous of you that we shared not only the gospel with you, but our lives also. Doing life together for the sake of the gospel. Church, bear with me. Mask. Let me, let me be vulnerable for myself here for a second. I don't like masks. I don't like to wear them. Um... Many of you all have showed me medical things where if you wear them long enough, it's, it's bad for you, right? If you're like sitting hours and hours. And I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing that. That is not what this message is. And this message isn't saying you have to wear a mask or you don't. Everybody clear on that part? All right, now we can move forward. The Lord called us to Medina back in 2016 when we moved here. I know a lot of unbelievers, know a lot of Republicans, and a lot of Democrats. The Lord has laid it on our family's heart that these people that we've been witnessing to since before this pandemic ever hit, that if they ask us to put a mask on in their business for that time, our family's going to do it. Guess what? Your family doesn't have to. But when I read this text, our family has the conviction. See where I'm going with this? You need to pray, and if the Lord lays that conviction on your heart, then do it. But we go in and we'll put the mask on if it's asked of us, of our friends, because we're sharing the gospel with them. Now, some of you all may not be faced with this. Some of you all, some of your friends are totally with you. But guess what? There's damned people on both sides. There's, there's people going to hell that don't believe in masks. There's people who are going to hell that do believe in masks. That's why we need to pray about what we're going to do in those instances when we've been sharing the gospel with somebody and they say, I will not sit down at Starbucks with you unless you wear a mask. I'm saying, all I'm saying this morning from the scriptures is pray about it. Because in that instance, the, the Lord may say, this person, yes. And guess what? You don't have to be quiet about it. You put that mask on and say, I really can't stand these things and I hope you can fill it through my breath, Right? I hope you know that I don't like these. And it's in that moment, church, that they see the sacrifice you've made to show them the sacrifice that Christ made on our behalf. It's when you share that conviction that people really know the effort that you took to share the gospel with them. You do not have to wear a mask, church. It's not what this is about. It's about witnessing to people and in that moment, the Lord may say, put a mask on. I've got a plan for this person. The Lord and his scriptures and your pastor this morning, if you still call me that after that, the scriptures are not saying you have to do this. But man, what if you told somebody, I, just, I can't stand these. Maybe they've seen your Facebook post and you wear one for 15 minutes to, to have a coffee with them. We, we've got a member here in our church and I'm, I'm leaving uh, their name out of it. That's not a pronoun thing. That's just like, I'm not trying to give you their gender, right? Like, that's, it's, it's an individual, it's a person, um, and it's a guy or a girl, uh, one or the other. So this person does not believe in masks, thinks they're terrible, thinks they, they are harmful. 
but they felt the need to, to go to the nursing home to, to just care for and minister to the people there. Guess where you can't get in right now? I don't know about right now, but at the moment, you couldn't get in without a mask. And they said, someone's got to minister to them. I'm not going to be there for hours, but I'm, I'm going to put this on and go minister to them. I'm telling you, like, this is probably the strongest advocate against them. And that's what the Lord laid on their heart for that moment. He may not lay that on you. Let me reiterate. There are people going to hell on both sides. So what it doesn't do is get you out of witnessing. What it doesn't do is get you out of the Great Commission. There are people who need Jesus on both sides. My plea this morning, whether it's masks, whether it's hobbies or sports or just totally different interests, different lifestyles, is to consider putting aside our interest at times. Now, that cannot go so far to where you fall into sin. Hey, my buddies are drunkards. Guess what I'm going to do to go reach them? Not getting drunk to reach people. It's not how this works. It's not what the scriptures call us to do. Well, Pastor Mike, they're talking about spiritual things here, like circumcision and the law. It can't be about personal preference, like masks and hobbies and, the law and, 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 and other things, right? Exactly. If they're willing to set aside spiritual things, that were secondary, we should also be willing to set aside preference. Please, church, bear with me in praying for the Spirit to ease us together. This is not a sermon on you must or you must not wear something. This is saying we need to share the gospel. And there are times when the Lord lays on our heart to do this or to do that. Paul does not say you must become all things to all men. Actually, Paul says I became all things to all men. There's actually no command there that you must do this. Sword drill, Galatians 2. Bring me Galatians 2. Paul does not say that you have to do these things. And let me make it clear. This is not a bait and switch. Yep, if you've got it, bring it up, Nathan. This is not a bait and switch. Share your conviction. Don't play ignorant. You don't have to be like... Things, or I love cars, and I love doing all these things that I don't like to do. Paul circumcised Timothy, but what did he do here in Galatians 2? In verse 3, But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek, yet because of false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery. To them, we do not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. Thank you, Nathan. You can take one of those poppets there. Titus wasn't circumcised. This is not a command and a line in the sand that says you have to do this. My plea this morning is just pray about it. There may be the moment where you've got the strong conviction and the Lord says, no, this person I've got a plan for, and you're part of this plan, and bringing them to myself. Let me leave this, this point here and move on. This is not another mandate, but take it seriously. Paul doesn't draw that line. He aims to open our eyes for the sake of the gospel. If your conviction will never let you put on a mask, never let you talk about cars, never let you do those kind of things, then begin sharing the gospel with your side. Why? Because there are people going to hell on both sides. Trump supporters, Biden supporters, gun supporters, anti-gun, pro-police, anti-police, everyone without Christ is heading for hell. Go share the gospel and make sure that you are point number two, guided by God. They were being guided by God. Even, even as they were going about, you know what, what was so great about this? 
As Timothy circumcised, but it says in verse 4, as they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them the observance of the decisions reached by the apostles and the elders who were in Jerusalem. Literally, Timothy was probably like, I got snipped, but it was pointless, boys. Believe in Jesus. They weren't quiet about it. They talked about it. They shared their conviction. They shared the truth. But be guided by God. Look, they, they, there's this Macedonia call, right? You should have that little header. They were guided by God in those decisions in verses 1 through 5, for sure. And then verses 6 through 10, they are guided by God. Be sure that you are guided by God, specifically the triune God. You want to look at the Trinity? You want to see the Trinity in five verses? Here it is, verses 6 through 10. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So you see the Holy Spirit, and then you see the Spirit of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit, right? But you see the separation of the persons of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. There's a separation there because there are two distinct persons, one triune God. This is good. So passing to Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on to Macedonia, concluding that God, typically referred to as the Father, when you see God talked about, doesn't mean that Jesus isn't God, doesn't mean the Holy Spirit isn't God, but when it refers to God, it's talking about the Father. So in five verses, four verses, you get the Trinity, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is our shift, by the way. If you notice, it says they, 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 and Acts. Really cool, you see us. Luke, the author of Acts, has now joined them. It's really neat when you, when you pick up, like when you see that. So now Luke is, is with them. He's, he's given account for things that he's seeing. But notice this. They're being led by the Holy Spirit. They're being led by the triune God. It says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Jesus did not allow them, and that God had called them elsewhere. Now, this is interesting to me for a couple of reasons, and I know that we're over time. We're going to be over time. It'll be all right. This is good, and this is necessary. We need this this morning. First, God forbid them from preaching the gospel where they had wanted to go. They had a desire to go and preach the word in Asia, right? Why on earth would God forbid the gospel from going forth? It seems so crazy to me, right? Like, there's, there's something good that they want to do. They want to take the gospel to Asia, right? Which Peter actually ends up writing to this area, so the gospel did get there. It just wasn't God's plan for them to go there. It's like children. I know you, you kids are in here, so um, just know that we appreciate all your help. But, like, Pastor Gary and I talk, and, like, uh, our kids will, will know our routine. Uh, like, when we get here on Sunday mornings, me and Pastor Gary will be here, and it'll be usually him and Christian is Christian here this morning? No, okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So I can talk about Christian um, in a good way. I just, I want to know what kids are in here. So Christian will try and, try and help. He's here? Okay, he's, he's in class, I think. So, uh, or he's in the attic. I don't know. It's that or a raccoon. Um, so he will try and help, right? He'll begin doing everything that we do on a Sunday morning. And you know that, that, that kids do that. If you're a parent here, you know what I'm talking about. Your kid tries to help, but it's actually in their helping and doing what you normally do that things actually get a little bit more messy. 
uh, because it wasn't your plan. It's not the way that you do it. Well, this is how it is with God. We don't know why God forbid them. We don't know how God forbid them, but we do know that the gospel wasn't meant to go there at that moment, that God had another plan for them. See, sometimes we want good things, right? People ask, how did you guys decide on Medina? Like to, to plant a church. Like there's a ton of places that need churches. I agree. We prayed. We literally could have gone anywhere. They tried to get us to go back to West Virginia right before we moved here. You know, they said, hey, there's actually more funding here. Uh, one of the guys that talked to us, and some of you are like, that's wrong. I agree. They said there's more funding. There's a, a unique opportunity here for you guys. That would be a great and noble thing, right? Go plant a church in Willing, West Virginia. But it wasn't a part of God's plans. It was not a part of God's plans for us to go back to West Virginia. It wasn't part of God's plans for us to plant in Strongsville or Rocky River or North Olmsted or any other place that crossed our mind. It would be good, but it wasn't a part of God's plan. Church, we need to learn to yield to the Spirit, read His Word, pray to Him. Like, sometimes we're looking for the audible voice, like, don't do that. And God, like, He can do that, and people have stories of God saying, don't do that. But for us, it was, it was this turning in our spirit and leading us and guiding us and making us uncomfortable where we were and helping us to know where we needed to be. The second interesting thing here is that the mission didn't stop. That didn't stop them. Being forbidden from going somewhere, you see, that, that would stop a lot of us, right? Like, oh, I wanted to be able to share the gospel with this person, but they kept canceling on me, right? They, they wouldn't have me over for dinner, and it's like, well, I guess I just just not meant to be, and I guess I just... I'm off the hook. This didn't stop them. What do they do? They, they get a clear direction from Macedonia, right? They, they'd been stopped and stopped. Normally I just, all right, God's calling is just to stop, but it wasn't. And they were still willing. Come over to Macedonia and they get this vision. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately, immediately, we sought to go on to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. This did not stop the mission. There will be times when we want to give up, but don't. There'll be times when we feel like we don't have any more juice left in us. That's why groups are important. That's why doing life together is important. Because guess what? A lot of us, our tank will be emptied, and we need someone's cup to be overflowing so that ours could be filled back up. We need to be led by the Spirit. Sword drill. This is the last one, but there's two of them. So one kid bring me Romans 8, 14. One kid bring me Galatians 5.25. If I get two Romans 8, someone's getting thrown away. Which one do you have? Romans or Galatians? Romans. Romans. All right, I need Galatians. Oh, perfect. Lincoln was ready. I think he had 55 or 66 Bibles back there ready to roll. All right. Romans 8.14 says this. If I can find it. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Galatians 5.25 says this. No, you both brought me Romans. You tricked me. What? No, you're fine. You were here first, Lincoln. <laughs> I flipped there pretty quick, though. It's okay. You can still get a pop it. Half of it, though. Uh, Galatians 5.25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. These are important things given to us by Paul that he's saying that we need to live by the Spirit, to, to follow and be guided by the Spirit. Both of you all can take Take one. Thank you so much, kids, for participating this morning. Church, we are not people that are without a guide. We are not people that are without a counselor. We are not people that are without people, without a family. 
We ought to be led by the Spirit. And church, as we are led by the Spirit, as we are going, God will add to our number daily. Point number three, God adds as we go. Now, that doesn't mean that, that if we're not growing numerically, that people aren't going and being led by the Spirit. It doesn't mean that we're, we're failing. But look at what God does and what only God can do. Verses 11 through 15, and we're, we're wrapping up here. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage from the Summoth uh, race, and the following day to Neopolis and Neopolis, um, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days, and on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate of the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the woman who had, the women who had come together, one who heard us was with a woman, was a woman named Lydia uh, from the city of uh, Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. Read this next part with me, church. Just, just focus in on it. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay and she prevailed upon us. So this is a woman, a seller of purple, that kind of fabric. There's some money in that, right? She had a big enough home to be able to, to keep them there, to care for them. But look at what happened. The Lord opened her heart. Church, as you all go out and share the gospel, you don't have to speak in such a way that you empty the cross of its power, right? Paul says, I, I knew nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, and I didn't come with lofty spurts or plausible words of wisdom so that the cro uh, cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. Go and share the gospel. And the Lord does this. He opens people's hearts. And then they follow through with obedience. She followed through. She was gifted faith and she acted faithfully. She was baptized. Her and her household. So good. You go back to, to Acts or yeah, 16, uh, verse 5. After that, after Timothy is witnessing to these Jews, it says, So the churches. So they're telling about the Jerusalem council. He's, he's circumcised. He says, guys, this is, uh, this is not cool. You don't have to do this. Believe in Jesus. They tell them everything that had happened. They share the gospel. And it says, so the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. You go back and you, you read uh, Acts chapter 2 when they act like a family, right? We, we talk about trying to be the Acts 2 church a lot. Acts 2, verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Church, the Lord adds to our number. We are to be focused on sharing the gospel, being faithful to his word, knowing that God is faithful to save. Amen. So maybe you're sitting here this morning. Ben, you can come back up, by the way. We're getting ready to take communion. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're like, what does this mean for me? Well, if you're a believer... It means you just gotta pray about those relationships that you have. Again, you may not be in a situation where the, the preference is, is, is someone's gonna ask you to put on a mask so you can have coffee. Some of you all may be like, God's laid it on my heart. I don't have to, never will. Okay. But there's someone in your life that needs to hear the gospel. And it doesn't matter what side they're on. And God's placed them in your life. They didn't end up there. He not only placed them in your life, but he placed you in their life. 
And they may never believe in him, but you were called to be a light to them, to point them to the truth and the hope that is found in the gospel and to live according to it, obediently and faithfully. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a believer in the gospel and you're like, I wish this church would mask up. I wish you all would have some mandates. I wish you all were more into cars. I wish you all had this or that. Let me tell you something. I wish we had a lot of things. That's what what I always told my dad. I wish we had a lot of things, right? He said, you don't need a lot of things to be happy. Let me tell you something spiritually. You don't need a lot of things. You need Christ. Because Christ Jesus changes your perspective on everything. Changes your perspective on, on all the things that you thought you needed to make you realize it was only things that you wanted and now things that you don't even care about. Because the only thing in this life that matters is what we were created for, to glorify him and to make his name known. And that's what we are to do. So this morning, I pray that you who maybe don't know him as your savior would repent of your sin and believe in the gospel and come tell one of the pastors that this morning. Tell us that you believed in the gospel. And we wanna celebrate that with you and we wanna teach you all that his word has commanded. You see, it's, it's in considering the sacrifice of Christ that we can consider how we sacrifice for others in whatever way it might be. And it's in considering the sacrifice of Christ that we can approach the Lord's table this morning. We're going to have uh, Matt Atzma and, and Michelle Weeks come up here this morning to distribute communion. One of you all can take the, the bread and, and go off to that side and one the juice and stay on that side. But church, we are to be reminded when we approach this table that Christ left his throne. It says that he didn't count equality with God, being the Father, as something to be grasped. Jesus emptied himself. He was obedient, even to the point of death, death on a cross. When we look at that, it changes the way that we live. Not wavering on truth, not wavering on conviction, not giving up our conscience but considering how we might live and serve others and pointing them to the truth. This is a sacred time at the Lord's table and it is for believers who have rested all their hope on the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. If you're not a believer, we ask that you would refrain from partaking until you come to faith in Christ and then joyfully partake with the body of Christ. We encourage those of you who are believers to examine your hearts in this time while the music is played so that you can partake in a worthy manner. If your heart's harboring unrepentant sin, repent now, having full assurance that Christ Jesus has already forgiven you. Don't wait until next month to partake. Deal with sin now and find assurance in Christ now. As the bread and the cup are served, we ask that you take them back to your seats and hold on to them so that we can all partake together. I'm gonna open us up in prayer and you all can come up as you all are ready. Continue to pray at your seat, whatever you feel led to do. Father God, thank you for this morning that we've had, and I pray again that you just continue to work on our hearts. God, I pray that, that we would not give way to the flesh. God, as this is difficult for a lot of us, as we have very strong convictions in the past two years have, has shown that, I pray that we'd be reminded that this is not a, a one-size-fits-all. But the size that fits is that we ought to be looking for ways in whatever way possible to share the gospel without giving way to sin or conviction or conscience. But God, we need to pray to you before we make these decisions, lest we make ourselves a God for ourselves. I pray that we would glorify you in all of our decisions, and it starts right here. 
reminded of the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. Pray that you would lead us in this time, that you would guide us, and this would be a moment of reflection, being reminded that Christ Jesus paid it all. Thank you for the assurance we have in your Son and the seal we have by your Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.